K's, two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, damn, we got a Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast dojo to enter battle hard then to leave. That's how we have a weekly show. Welcome to Black on Both Sides, where nothing is black and white except for almost literally everything. Yeah, everything to some it's degrees. It's right. gradations. And I'm one half of your hosts with the Moses. That would be King Kunta 3X. Please say the 3X. And the other half is the world-renowned, locally known, and universally accepted, Be Honest. What's up, B? How you been? What's, what's new? What's going on, man? I, you sound like you're, you're into today's show. I thought for sure that by today you would be, you know, if you get in like a car wreck or you get beat up in a fight or something, usually that day you're pretty messed up. But the next day... Wow, that's the day that like really starts hurting. And the next day, it's just over with. You probably can't even move. I'm going to let you tell why, but I'm surprised that you're so in spirits today. I'm glad to see that, though. Oh, I'll be honest. As my great-grandma would say, I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain today. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> I participated in a Spartan beast. That's right, 12.9 miles broken up with horrible obstacles. This is the uh, most difficult Spartan race that most people can try. After that, it turns it changes its name to a Spartan death race. That don't sound right, but no. it is what it is. So why am I so sore today? I'm glad you asked. Kunta showed up yesterday without a lick of training. I hadn't even run a single mile. And I showed up to the Spartan race. And be honest, I got to tell you, this Spartan race was held in a place called Lebec, California. I didn't know it existed till yesterday. And I'm fairly confident that, you know, I've probably died at least seven or eight good times out there on the battlefield. Uh, and so I don't, you know, so I don't, you know, I don't even know if, if this is, is this heaven? Is this the afterlife? It very well could be. I, I would not be surprised for some little white child to come tell me I'm, I'm actually dead. Hmm. It's odd that you said a white child would come tell you that. Well, I am, I'm assuming I'm, I'm getting into the good heaven. And good heaven would have white people there, not black people? It probably would. Okay. It probably, Ronald Reagan's heaven is probably where you want to be. But speaking of white people, <laughs> let me tell you why I'm such a great mood about white people. Okay. Because white people are awesome. Are awesome when you are doing white people things with them. Okay. I cannot tell you how many white people at various times and various stages of my multiple deaths yesterday had me on their mind, mm. took out time to come and see about me. Mm. And you know what they offered me, be honest? Uh, water, uh, support, they'll carry you what? All of that, but specifically packets of mustard. That's right. Whole ass, regular degular Packets of mustard. Please explain. Apparently, if you're cramping up, as one might would in a fucking half marathon, you want to not cramp up. So one of the things you can do, I guess, is pickle juice, because I heard somebody say some shit about pickle juice. Another thing is mustard packets. So I assumed when somebody offered me a mustard packet, it was a red-haired, slightly overweight white woman. Let's call her Becky. When Becky offered me a mustard packet, 
I was assuming it's going to be like, you know, Cliff or, you know, some sort of endurance thing. It's just, just, you know, just a, that's just a surname, mustard packets. No, this was an actual packet of mustard she found somewhere to her travels. And she gave me two of them. And she had more. Things were so bad, be honest. Do you know, you want to know what I did with those two packets of mustard? I ate them. I ate them shits immediately. I said, thank you, Becky. And I ate them shits. And they helped for about a good 20 minutes till the next death. It's actually a long time. 20 minutes is actually a long time. Yeah. I mean, and I bumped into her. I bumped into her uh, quite often. So it did get a little weird because she did use the B word. Bitch. Boy. Oh. I'm going to let, it, let her make it because I'm clearly younger than she is, one, and because of the mustard packets. How did she say boy, though? It wasn't aggressive. Just, if I had, if I had read it, I would have been upset. But no, it was, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was okay. There was no ill intent behind it. As she was on her own deathbed at that time. <laughs> the racist comes out when you're dying. Well, mm, no, she was, she was good people. She was, she was okay. Wow. Who is this Kuta? Okay. What has the Spartan okay. race done to you? I'm just saying, man, people were offering all sorts of gels, energy blocks, chews. For free. Salt pills. For free. Yeah. You know, at some point, you know, on one of the hundreds of ascents up these hills, by the way, speaking of hills, I don't want to see a hill. I don't want to drive up a hill. I'm done with fucking hills. You know, I would have to, I'd have to get to the side of the track and try to get my life together or, you know, make preparations for my next death. And they would say, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? You can do it. I believe in you. Are you okay? How you doing, buddy? You're fine? Would you like some mustard? What about a chew? Want a chew? Wow. Would you like a block? Do you need some water? Throughout the entire race, this was... To a black guy. No, no, be honest, no. (laughs) To a fellow sufferer along our self-imposed half-marathon with obstacles trail of tears. Right. Speaking of trail of tears, that phrase kept coming to me so many times. Throughout the entire process, trail of tears. This is where I die. I'm going to die out here. Can I why ask, it, can I ask why you decided to even do this? Oh, why, how, if you never trained, it seems like it was kind of thrown on you. So why did you decide to even do this? That's a great question, to be honest. You're right. I, it was thrown on me. Ms. Kunta signed us up for this shit. And so Spartan. So Spartan's big selling point is they want you to get your trifecta, which means you pay them for the opportunity to kill yourself three times at three races of varying lengths. So this was part two of our trifecta. We did one at Dodger Stadium, which was about three miles. And, you know, we finished in about three hours. So it was maybe four hours, three, three, four hours. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Right. Miss Kunta signed us up for the next race. What she didn't do, though, she didn't go in fucking order. She went, in other words, so there's, you know, there's, you know, like, like a Starbucks coffee, grande, uh, tall, grande, venti. So she went straight after tall to a venti. So she jumped to the highest, to the, to the, to the, to the race that's on the furthest end of the spectrum. So we went from three miles to 12.6. Shit. Right. Right. 
Right. And I was doing this in support of my gym. Kunta does own a gym. So we had our coaches there. We had some members. So it was a whole to-do. So it's not like I could just say, nah, screw you guys. I'm not doing this. Right. Even though that would have been more sensible. Yeah, that would have been a sensible, logical, reasonable thing to do. And had I done that, perhaps maybe the lower half of my body would be functioning. It's not. Um, so in any event, so, so I knew things were wrong when I had to use a porta potty. <laughs> when I say use a party, porta potty, I mean number two. Wow. Ugh. That's when I knew that my day was going to be unlike any other days I've had in quite some time. Listeners, if you don't know about Be Honest, he refuses to use public restrooms. Refuses. Will not do it. Will not. I, I don't believe this is true, but he says I that put as, on everything. as a man at or about or just slightly over 40, he does not do it. So, okay, sure, whatever. I put, so it, on the pod- the I put it on the podcast. And I, hmm? I put it on the podcast that I don't. Whatever. So the race time is two hours away. I got a PP and boo boo. So I hear my options: the porta potty. That's it. That's it. When's the last time I used a porta potty? I had to think. I was in there. I had to think. It's been probably at least eighteen, maybe twenty years since I used a porta potty. That was probably at some sort of a concert. I don't even remember. Matter of fact, it's possible that maybe I've never. Gone number two in a porta potty, porta potty until yesterday. Very possible. But in any event, so that's how I knew my day was going to be unusual when I'm using a fucking porta potty, like you know, like it's wood, like it's a uh, Bonnaroo or Burning Man or something like that or Coachella. So after that little gym pass, we actually started our race early by sneaking into by uh, by uh, crashing an earlier race time. Spartan really thinks I did yesterday because I I ran at least an hour before my start time. Just snuck in. Right. Yep. And so, uh, oh man. So this is a type of race. Let me just do it this way. How long did it take me to finish? Seven hours. That's insane. That's a whole, that's almost a work day. That's insane. That actually is a work day. That's a work day with a one hour lunch. That's what that is. That's insane. You can turn that in. You can like, oh, yeah. Oh, lunch, lunch ran a little bit long. We were on the course for seven hours. and uh, Was so, it dark when you were what done? Was, one, was that? Was it dark when you got done? Yes. Oh, wow. So, so uh, and we didn't have headlamps, which is why we had to start early, because we had to win at our time that we were supposed to start. They were not going to let us into the into the race unless we purchased for the low, low price of $1 million, our own individual headlamps, and I wasn't with that shit. Right. That's called the okie doke. No thank you. No thank you. And so, uh, so when you run a race that length, you must, this is not optional, you must bring food. Right. Well, what does that really mean in this type of race? It means gels, blocks, chews, packets of mustard, pickle juice, Anything that you can fit in your pockets and carry, you could bring. You should bring camelbacks. Right. Uh, we didn't bring a camelback because I thought the water stations would have been fine. The water stations were only set up every couple of miles, so that kind of backfired at one point. Um, because the obstacles do not count towards the mileage. 
Mm. Isn't that fucking awesome? <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> there were about 30 obstacles. And these assholes backloaded the obstacles to the end of the race. And, uh, and so that means after you've done an ungodly amount of hill climbing at altitude, you're greeted with all sorts of skill activities one after another. Wow. Uh, scaling something, climbing something, pulling something, throwing spears at something, pulling, you know, weighted sleds, uh, adult monkey bars, uh, all sorts of stuff you got to climb over, walls of varying height you, get, you have to somehow scale and get over. This is probably one of the worst things I've ever done in the history of things. What was and, the makeup? What was the makeup? Was it mostly white people? Was it, you know, a pretty good mix or what? I would say the makeup fell along lines of, of what the uh, actual ethnic makeup here is, in, here is in California. Everybody represented their percent, their percentage. Okay. That's what I'd say. You know, me and this one black guy kept running into, to, kept running into each other. And, you know, at first it was like, ah, I, see, I see you. You know what it is. You know how you do. P.S. You know when you, when you meet some a black person you've never met before right. and you have the conversation about nothing. Right. You done that? Yeah. I see you. Oh, I ain't got it. I'm trying to get like you. You know where it is. I see you, player. Right. Yeah, we doing this going down. <laughs> ain't this some bullshit? <laughs> right. Yeah, that stopped about mile about mile six. We just didn't say anything <laughs> at all. You had to, you know, go into your own dark place. Miss Kunta wanted to stop after we were six hours into the course. Oh, wow. She would have got You know what they up. give you if you stop after six hours? Nothing? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I would have reserved some energy to beat her down right then. Like, there's no way. I didn't have any. If I could have, you know, if I could have reached her, she wasn't in arm's, <laughs> arm's length distance. <laughs> but I couldn't. I couldn't reach her. And even if I had, I mean... From a from a biological standpoint, it's really interesting, to be honest. I don't know if you've ever pushed your body to like almost near failure. Yeah, I have. But it, what's in what's interesting is how food works with your body in those situations. You really get to see how you fuel fuel your body. So if you get a little bit of sugar, that's gonna buy you twenty minutes to thirty minutes. And that was really interesting. Uh just, you know, eating the things and and seeing how much longer you could go to your back empty again. That was pretty, uh, the the black Bill Nye, the science guy in me, found that that part interesting. Right. Uh, so, you know, it was terrible. I wouldn't advise anyone doing it, even if they trained for it. Because we paid for that. It's kind of expensive. I paid for the opportunity to run around, which was essentially a cattle ranch in hill country in California. I paid for that. It's expensive. I paid for I the thought. opportunity to do that. Isn't and, it kind of expensive? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I got my, I got my medal. It was pit. It was dark by the time I finished, got my medal and I'm never going to do it again. Ever. Miss Kunta got a medal also, or she didn't finish. No, I, no, no. I made sure she finished. We finished. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we finished. Yeah. I was going to go through all that six hours of shit and, and, and just have nothing, nothing to show for it. So get to the car. By the way, this is how women will do you. Remember that picture of uh, Jaheem, like recent picture of Jaheem? 
where they get memed and he got roasted because he doesn't look like Jaheem did when he first came out because right. apparently he, quote, put that woman first. Oh, wow. Let me tell you what happened. So me and Ms. Kunta ran the same fucking race, okay? And we, we were out on the field so long, the temperature actually changed. So it, it, it went from hot to cold. Right. So it's cold now. And I gave Ms. Kunta my layer, my, my long sleeve t-shirt that I had. So she had that. Which I don't know if it did any good because there were more water, water obstacles that we had to go through. But she had that. And, and so as we're getting ready to, we've left the race. We've left. Now we got to get our bags. Who do, you, who do you think she thought should carry her big-ass bag? <laughs> the, the Spartan. The male Spartan. This is some bullshit. I'm all for chivalry. This is some fucking bullshit. I'm carrying around shit that have nothing to do with the race. Right. And I'm like walking at like negative two miles an hour. <laughs> and so we get to my car. And I'm just trying to, because you're covered from head to toe in filth and flarn at the same damn time. And uh, I try to get my, my uh, I took my shirt off and I put my hoodie on. I'm trying to get, you know, the bottom parts off. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get my tights, compression pants, and my socks to come off. Be honest, when I tell you that I, I literally almost shed a few thug tears, you know, be honest, as an adult, you know, and I'm sure you admit to this. There are times you want to cry and you feel it, but you hold it back. Right. This is one of those times. I just wanted the damn pants <laughs> and the socks, the filthy pants and socks off, and I just couldn't get them off. Could you not, re- could you not reach them? Me. You couldn't reach them, or you didn't have the energy to pick your arm up? What was it? Okay, well, here's the deal. So there's lots of water obstacles and stuff. So my socks were compression socks, and apparently... The mud turned into like clay and hardened it. all the fiber of those of those socks, whatever they were made of. So they were not moving and they like they like uh it's like plaster of Paris, like getting a cast. They turned into <laughs> casts around my foot, around my feet. And so I couldn't slide the pants down uh, because the socks weren't moving at all. They were just it was like clay, like clay boots. And so luckily we had a pair of scissors and Miss Kunta had to cut my socks off. Wow. Had she not cut my socks off, I would have had to drive two hours back with, uh, with my compression tights and socks at my ankles. I already, know, I already know what happened on the way back. She went to sleep and you drove. I'm no, wondering. she drove. Fuck that. She what? Drove. Yeah. Okay. I like and, your style. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. The bag pissed me off. She was driving. <laughs> um, and she almost saw the, the the almost nervous breakdown I had about not being able to get my pants off. Right, that was just too much. You know, just a simple request. You know, a simple want. Want. Hey, I don't want to wear these dirty pants. But no, no, that was a damn ordeal too. So got those off. Remember a Chappelle show and Ashy Larry? Yes, I look exactly like Ashy Larry. Literally, I looked exactly like Ashy Larry from head to toe. Okay, so and after after completing it, would you say that this rivals childbirth? All I know is that childbirth was 
seemed like a quick process. My understanding, and there's a thing called an epidural. Right. Which, you know, takes the pain away. Uh, at least while you're going through the process at some point. There were no epidurals on the Spartan Beast anywhere I could see. Uh, I died several times. Right. Um, you know, my my feet are ruined. Uh, today, my lower body is just not working. My hips are not working. I really have only gone from my bedroom to the couch and back. That's really all I've done. So perhaps, perhaps yeah. this is a similar experience to childbirth, particularly well, I think if one doesn't train for it. I think it's worth. I'm on a quest to prove to women that childbirth is not the worst thing in the world because they're always complaining about when when we we go through childbirth, men are well, pussies. So you know, well, B, you hate women, but any of it. So um, so I say all that to say this is that I wasn't the only one having this same damn experience. Right, of course not. Why do we? Why do people do this? Why? For a, for a, for a cheap metal. You could you could buy your own damn metal. There were other people having similar awful time, similar awful times as I was. From all different backgrounds, there are people who re- who clearly showed up ready to work, ready to perf- to attack this uh, this race, and they still had a bad time. And there are people who clearly showed up the same day that that I did. And I, I'm a, I'm a thousand percent sure that everyone did make it. Matter of fact, I I would see people being carted off. And like a mule, so he'd come get him and cart cart him off. So I don't know why. What possesses people to want to do something like this? You don't feel more accomplished? I do not know. You don't feel even a little bit accomplished? I feel like I know that if things go real bad, I can push my body to at least a half marathon with obstacles. That seems pretty admirable. so I I I I didn't know I could do that before today, and I didn't really understand how far um, a half marathon actually is. Now it's not sold as a half marathon; it's an obstacle course race. Right. But as I said earlier, the obstacles don't count toward the mileage, which is complete bullshit. Uh, so yeah, I do feel accomplished yeah. that I was able to do it, but I'm going to be paying for it today, probably tomorrow. I'm surprised um, you're mobile today. Tomorrow you're going to be through. Congratulations. Uh, hope you're wrong on that because I got some stuff to do at the work. I am not. But yeah, so that that was uh that was the Spartan Beast, Lebec, California. Uh one of my top one of my all time top ten, or should I say bottom ten worst decisions. I'll be sure to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it shouldn't be hard because you have to sign up for this shit and then you have to show up. And so anybody out there that follows King Kunta's real life social media, all that shit I'm posting, lies. <laughs> Everything I'm posting about the race, lies. Lies. Terrible. Awful. No good. Very bad. I hate it. I hate fuck you, Spartan, as as a crew, as a staff, and as a record label. Fuck you, Spartan, as a whole. Tough mutter, fuck you too. All OCR races. You want to get in part? You want to get in this? Fuck you too. Fuck fuck OCR. Comp- across the board. And if you're down, fuck with, them if all. you're down with Spartan, fuck you too, right? Exactly. Tough mutter. Fuck you. Ain't you trying to be a Spartan? Ain't you trying to be a Spartan racer? Fuck you too. <laughs> Anywho, man. So that was what that was about. So I got home last night, and. Oh, by the way, King Kunta has migraines. 
He's a migraine sufferer. Ooh. And yes, yes, I did get a migraine as a result of the Spartan race. And anywho, so between through my eyes, I could see on the television two things. One, go Dodgers. Los Angeles Dodgers making it back to the World Series. Right. Woo-woo. And two, Beyonce, did you see the L.A. brawl with L.A. Braun at the Stable Center? Well, Braun wasn't part of it, but yes, I did. Yeah, he was a part of it. Eh. He grabbed his homeboy and went in and like whispered to him. He didn't really. He was, How is that not a part of it? He wasn't really a part of it. He pulled Chris Paul off and went and whispered to him. For listeners who didn't see it, though, what appear, what apparently happened was uh, James Harden, as he always does. I don't like this about this dude, but everybody seems to love his offensive game. His lazy flow that he gets to the hoop with, and then he throws an elbow or does some crazy headbutt shit to, all the time to get to draw the foul. However, this particular time, he hit Ingram in the face or the side of the head or something with his flailing arms because he flails his arms at the end to make the foul like more believable. He hit he hits Ingram in his head or in his face or something like that. So Ingram gets a little salty about it because he goes into the cameraman. As he's walking back, Harden slows his walk down so that Ingram has to almost touch him or get out or like move out of the way, which is some more bitch shit. So Ingram pushes him. Once that happens, the 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 arguments on the side start happening. So everybody rushes to the same little area. Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo get in each other's faces. Now I don't know if you know this or not, but there's history between these guys because even back to when Chris Paul was a uh, was a pelican they would get into it there's, there's been multiple videos of this of them tussling or fighting or you know it, but it's never gotten to this point however this time just off camera something happens and inside the small circle Chris Paul and Ray John Rondo are right in front of each other Chris Paul does something, looks like a little uppercut, maybe like a little push, something like that. It didn't look very hard, but Rajon Rondo brought that thunder. Have you seen it in slow motion, to be honest? <laughs> I haven't seen it in slow motion. So this is what happened in slow motion. <laughs> so Chris Paul has his arms folded, talking that shit. And as he's talking, all of a sudden he moves his head in a weird direction, in a weird way. If we go super slow motion and zoom in, we see why he made that face. It's because Rondo spit on him. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard that. No, I didn't hear it. I, nah, no, not only did I hear it, I've now seen it. He spit on him. Okay. That's why he was, when he was, has his arms folded, he's talking. All of a sudden, he moves his head in a weird way because he, he got hit with spit. Ugh. And so Chris Paul takes his hand and points at Rondo's face. And then mushes him in the face. Right. And then Rondo uh, goes out with a straight right. Two-piece. That, no. that kind of connects. No, no, no. He got a two-piece on this dude. No, nah, he got a straight right, man. Uh, two-piece, though. That means two hits. No, I didn't see two hits. Oh, no, definitely. If, two hits. If you say so. But everyone comes in, and Chris Paul is able to sneak in. Uh, I guess I'll call it an, upper, an uppercut before... King James comes and gets him. Right. And takes him the other direction. Well, they're buddies, though. Like, they're close, close buddies. But at the same time, King James is trying to get him. Brandon Ingram and his short-ass shorts. (laughs) Probably listen to some goddamn little peep or some fucking uh, uh, extension cord. (laughs) Chris Paul over the top. 
That was a bitch hit though. <laughs> it was. That's a hit that you can do when you know nobody's gonna get you. You know right. nobody can see you. They might not even know you. I hope he gets suspended for a long time. He's going to. He he actually reached around somebody else from the back and hit Chris Ball. Like he was some <laughs> bitch ass shit. That's that's a bitch move. I'm here for it. Is. I'm here for it. I put it like this, man. You are here for bitch moves? I'm here that's for not it. Okay. I, no, that's not I'm manly. here for it. I don't give a fuck. I'm here for it. If the Los Angeles Lakers become the new bully ball, I tell you right now, I'm a fan. If Well, if that the, fool Brandon Ingram ain't bully ball. He weighs 97 pounds. I don't give a damn. That his heart. If that if if Brandon Ingram and Ray John Rondo and whoever else is willing to play bully ball, I promise, I'm telling you right now, I'll be a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers. I miss okay, that okay, so okay. much. Okay, let's unpack this. Okay. Let's first the the first question is, Mr. Honest. Are you gonna let a grown man spit uh, spit in your face? Nah, but fuck him. I don't like Chris Paul. I don't think anybody likes Chris Paul. That's not what I said. Okay. What situations? Okay, so you don't want anyone spitting in your face. Have you nope. ever been in a situation where you thought you should spit in another man's face? I have never spit in anyone's face, but I've had my face spit in. But have you? But how? How does that? What? I don't even understand that mindset from Rondo. I don't understand how you think the thing you should do is to spit in the person's face. Okay, I'll give you that. So I don't even. I don't know what part of the game that is. So even though Rondo's a Laker, fuck you, Rondo. Nope. I don't fuck with that. You spitting on people? Okay, if you spitting on people, then they need to just let you and Chris Paul go, and y'all need to handle it some like some men. Go right. ahead and go ahead and fight it out. Right. You spitting on people. You you big enough to spit on somebody? Well, my my view is, you, then you whatever you get coming, you deserve. He didn't he didn't run from it, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it wasn't like the normal I mean, fights where somebody does something and then tries to get held back by somebody else. Rondo was not trying to get held back. He was right I know. there. They gotta they gotta they gotta fight this out somehow some way. Sure. They they gotta resolve this shit because sure. I mean I've just I've never been in a situation as angry as I've been where I, my reaction is I should spit on this person. I agree. I'm I'm here for it though. If that's what if that's what it takes to get basketball back to what basketball should be, I'm here for it. Basketball well, is some. It's, it's not going to be that way. So you can you can just not be here for it because that's not going to happen. Oh, okay, that's that's not happening. We're not, and so and so anyway. So so I don't understand that from Rondo and as a Laker fan. No, I don't want that. Because one, it's not going to be allowed, and two, I don't, I don't. That's not man shit to me. That's some dishonorable, you know, shit. I don't understand that. I can't that's even cannot relate. That's can't just, relate that's to it the at all. highest level of disrespect. But what I'm saying is, though, in a league where the villains are a team that just have compiled the best players in the world, and they got five like all stars on the starting lineup. For that's that's who the villain is in the league right now. Those gay dudes, I don't even want to see them play. No, I'm so tired of seeing Golden State. I need some real villains. And if the Lakers are Brandon be the, Ingram is not a real villain, man. He start, you got the wrong guy. I don't. I don't you got care. the wrong guy. Well, he Brandon he's a Ingram. Actor. Was his girl must have broke up with him. He must have been been listening to some extension cord, and he just caught him at the wrong time. Brandon Ingram isn't the so leader. That, that though, was so. out of character for Brandon Ingram. That's out of character. Well, I'm I'm here. So for he's it. a fake tough guy. That's, no, he's not. He's like when you uh, he's like the quiet kid at school that the bully keeps fucking with. Right. Maybe he, I understand why I'm saying this. I'm probably only talking to people over the age of 35. Right, because they don't know what bullies are under that age. Right. Uh, yeah, he's the quiet kid that's into you know it says to himself doing art doing artsy shit. And, he constantly uh, seeing practice and dance moves and over Harden, by himself. And Harden was fake tough guy. 
And he didn't know that, you know, the, the, the quiet kid was having a bad day. I do not like Harden, though, man. I don't like he Trench Harden. coached him. I don't like He's his trench name. Co- nobody, nobody, I don't know who outside of Houston and his mama actually likes James Harden. So you're preaching the choir on this one. But he's a Compton I don't like guy, the, right? I don't like any of his moves. I believe his signature move is a travel. <laughs> right. That three-step back to shoot. I don't know how it's not a travel. He's an L.A. guy, though. Know. How do y'all not like L.A. guys? I thought y'all liked all L.A. guys. He's not from L.A. I thought he was. Nah, man. He went to school in uh, Arizona State. I don't know if he's from California. I thought Actually, he was, I don't know if he's from California. I thought he's from Compton or something like that. I, I was pretty sure that yeah, I don't know. L.A. And I don't care enough to look it up okay. because I can say he's a bitch-ass dude and I, I can't fuck with it. And so is Chris Paul to me. Chris Paul has always played that that line. He's always, he's always like, walked that line of, oh, God, I'm going to tell on you, like, snitch type, just, like, soft-ass whatever, Beating. talk a lot of shit, and then when it's time to really do something, he runs, a, runs away from it with some politically correct, like, response or whatever. And Rondo wasn't with that. He was like, fuck that. I'm with it. Let's do it. And I'm here for that. I need to see that in basketball. He's spitting the man's face, man. I know, and that's that's real ugly, and it's awful. But if that's what it takes to get this fire started, I'm willing to I'm willing to sacrifice my integrity for a second to allow Ray John Rondo to spit on somebody. Let's get the All party right, started. That's what I'm saying. NBA 2K 2020. They need to have, uh, allow you to spit on people in the game. Look, man, this is not happening. So. Um, Brandon Ingram is probably going to get a very long suspension. Why? Yeah. Because in addition to starting it, he actually went back in with Fist and got that sucker punch on the Chris Paul. <laughs> that should tell you right there about your fake tough guy. He was that six nine, six ten frame to throw a, you know, from death from above sucker punch, <laughs> a wiry invisible hook. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, that's your fake tough guy. Yeah, I'm here for it. He, does, he better go home and. He have himself a pop tart and listen to some extension cord. But in any event, um, uh, so yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was interesting uh, the, that Brandon Ingram was involved. That was the most interesting to me thing to me of of the brawl was Brandon Ingram being involved because one, I can't stand Brandon Ingram. Two, he's not the tough guy; he's the emo kid in the back. So. You know, I wonder what type of day he was having. Man, I wish Swaggy P had still been there. Swaggy P would have came in with the shits too. No, he wouldn't have. Swaggy P? I would I would like to. Swaggy yeah. P would just been sitting on the bench going, oh, man, that's just crazy. Nah, I dog. think he would have came that's from with a hawk, a hawk punch. Shit, look at that. Oh, he got him with the two piece. That's crazy. <laughs> Swaggy P is not working right now. Did you know that? I didn't know that. You did? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, when they lost their first game, in Portland, Swaggy P like added the Lakers or somebody. Says, I'm out here. I'm a shooter. It's like, dog, LeBron doesn't like you. You don't, one does not call LeBron. LeBron calls you. Oh. Sorry. One does not call LeBron's people. LeBron's people call you. So, hey. Swaggy P, I hope you get a job soon, but he's currently unemployed. He's got a ring. He'll be all right. Yeah, I guess. And he's got a clothing line. I don't remember the name of it. He should have stayed with that nice, clean white girl, though. The one who went on Instagram and pulled out her cheeks, her fake, her bought cheeks and slapped them. Iggy Gazelia. You keep trying to make her a thing, be honest. She's not a thing. <laughs> yes, she is, man. She's not a <laughs> she's, thing. Iggy no. Gazelia's a star, man. No, she's not. She's such a star that she said, <laughs> nah, I'm not going to put this album out ever. She, she's a star. Speaking of stars, <laughs> you remember Ashanti? 
I do. Uh, Murder, Inc. Yeah, she had all the hits in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Right. She's even on the Carter Five, the track with, uh, what was it? What's, uh, what's the name of the song? Badass, bit, badass Bitches. She sings the hook on this uh, Manny, Fresh, uh, Manny Fresh beat right. with Lil Wayne. Apparently, she had to cancel her concert yesterday due to low ticket sales. I don't doubt it. Be honest, you want to know how many tickets she sold? Uh, let me see. Well, I don't, it depends on where it was, but I would say probably in the low hundreds. Is that your final guess? <laughs> Damn, is that not? That's too many? <laughs> 24. She sold 24, 24 tickets were sold. Oh, come on. 24. I don't believe that. I don't know why she didn't sing her little heart out for those 24 true fans. So I'm upset that they won't get a chance. I don't believe that. Shanti's thickness in person. I don't believe that. Where would they get that? Who got that data and from what what venue? No venue's going to say that. A venue wouldn't release that information. I don't know what venue it was, but, you know, that's the T. 24. Was it at a venue or was it like somewhere like a, 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 a you know what I'm saying? Like was it put on by a like school? I don't think like it was that? a venue. I okay. think it was probably or what they would call an intimate setting. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So 24, you know what I'm saying? If there were only 200 tickets for sale, I could see that. But in a venue, like a, an event hall, like a... a, a Arena or something? It probably wasn't. Actually, yeah. actually, now I don't know. Because if it was a cozy venue, why wouldn't she do it? Yeah. For the yeah. for the true Ashanti fans. So I don't know. I don't know what you call Ashanti fans. I, yeah, I don't think that Beyonce she has, has any Beyonce has a hive. Rihanna's got a navy. Ashanti's got like a... Like a troop. I don't know. I don't think I don't that know. I don't think she has any true fans. Ashanti wasn't the best singer. I think most of her hits had something to do with Ja Rule, if I'm not mistaken. Like her really, really, really smash, smash you mean, songs. When you mean most, you mean do you do you mean ninety percent? Yes. Because that's what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know Ashanti songs without Ja Rule except for uh the baby song, which uh But that is was another rapper. A remix over uh, uh over uh Scarface. Scarface's Mary Jane. Right. Mary Mary song. Yeah, so 24, man. So, you know, hey, if she was around LA, I'd pay to go see that thickness. Have you seen the uh, newest Evolution of Hip Hop um, release from Netflix? They got four more episodes for season two. And uh, the very first one has, it's about the South. They don't talk about Atlanta, but they did talk about Miami. And then they went to Houston. I don't know if you've seen that yet. No, I ain't seen it yet. I'm going to check it out. That's pretty good. Did not see that. if you're co-signing it, it's good enough for me. Well, I mean, I think, this- I think it just doesn't... It, most people don't know um, a lot about Houston rappers. They talk about UGK. They talk about Scarface. And Willie, Willie D is actually the, one of the, the main topics of it. And I guess the um, the battles that they had back then with uh, some guy named Poet something, some poet and and Willie D. And just the, the idea of how, you know, Houston wasn't really good enough for the world. Like, the rest of the world was like, it's New York mm-hmm. and L.A. But Houston had... They came out of nowhere with it. And Lil J, who you give mm-hmm. a lot of credit to on the show as being Jay Prince, before he was Lil J, they talk about him and how he, you know, formulated the ghetto boys and all that. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good watch, you know, if you don't know okay, anything I, about it. I'm gonna the check area. it out. And I feel compelled to do a PSA. Listeners, King Kunt is originally from Texas. That that can only mean one thing. That he was raised by UGK. I'm UGK influenced, which you know, unsurprisingly, it's why I don't let ho ass niggas ride. But so. you know what though, I'm an Atlanta guy, and I'm I, I'm I'm a UGK guy too. As a matter of fact, um, 
UGK and 8-Ball MJG are my people that aren't necessarily from Atlanta that I listened to a lot when I was younger. I'm also 8-Ball MJG influenced. Speaking of which, and speaking of documentaries, <sighs> you know, I'd, I'd like the NWA documentary I did, but... Just because NWA gets a documentary doesn't mean it's like Oprah and you get a documentary and you get a documentary and you get a documentary. So in the works right now, in filming, the 8-Balled MJG story will make its debut on probably some small screen near you. Ooh. Other than Penny Hardaway's mama, and if you don't know why I said that, I encourage you to go to Penny Hardaway's Instagram and look at the post of him and his mama from Mother's Day, who also is from Tennessee and might, in fact, be from Orange Mound. Other than Penny Hardaway's mama, the only person that I've spoken to in the last 24 hours who's excited for this shit seems to be you. I am very and excited. And take it away, be honest. Why are you excited to see an eight ball MJG bio flick, Gail? Because A-Ball and JG are the shit. That's, that, is, that is the South. A-Ball and JG are the South. Outcast, obviously, is the group that shot out there and was, you know, global or whatever. But if you wanted to get a real, like, it's like the difference between the franchise uh, Buffalo Wings location and the, the hometown, nobody really knows about it, you know, kept secret, kept away secret. That's A-Ball and MJG. Like, I think Outkast, obviously, is, is more talented lyrically, but you cannot tell me that A-Ball and MJG are not the epitome of what it is to be a Southern rapper or Southern flow, the Southern living, Southern style. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not no, no disrespect to UGK, but A-Ball and MJG have to be my favorite Southern group outside of Outkast. And Outkast is just because I'm from Atlanta, so it's impossible for me not to like Outkast more than them. But outside of Outkast, there is nobody better than A-Ball and MJG. Now, I'm, I'm not sure that they had such a rocky beginning, which would make this, this bio flick good. But just the fact that they're getting shine because they are legends. They are the legends of the South. I know they had an album that came out where they were talking about... Living legends. They were legends or whatever, but... Um, I really believe they are legends in the South. And a lot of people don't know, you know, how many great songs they have. I, I still listen to Coming Out Hard all, all the time. Coming Out I still do. Um, just full disclosure, Mr. Big has been playing in my head the entire time you've been talking. So <laughs> don't take my next comments as I'm not a huge, you know, for me, I grew up on two things. UGK, 8-Ball MJG. And Tupac, but mostly UGK and 8-Ball MJG, those were my formative years. Nobody, so nobody, don't nobody. Don't take this as, as shade when I say this. Okay. All those things you said, be honest, were nice. They really were. I'm factual. I agree with you with most of what you said. But you still ain't explained to me why all that translates into a fucking biopic you want to see. Huh. Okay. Do I think it's going to be... <sighs> They're doing this for one reason and one reason alone. Because ND NWA did it. Uh -huh. And people liked it. So that's why we're doing this. Because out here on this West Coast, uh, Daz and Corrupt and Dog Pound are supposed to have one coming. Right. And they're supposed to have put most of it in the can. 
meaning it's mostly done. So, you know, I, I love UGK. Nah. I don't think there needs... Well, shit, if this 8-Ball MJG comes out, then we need a UGK too. But you nah. haven't explained to me UGK, why UGK you want to see this. Because I don't, I don't think that this is so much as you're going to learn something that is... You know, you're not gonna. There's not. There's nothing that's gonna be just like mind blowing about this. But what was different about NWA to me was everybody already knew who NWA was. Everybody already gave them respect as being the West Coast group. Dr. Dre is from NWA, so everybody knows them. Easy E. Everybody knows Ice Cube. Everybody knows those names. A Bone and MJG are are not that well known. So this is actually a, a a movie that's gonna that's gonna put these two guys on the map, but also put like this is a victory for Southern rap. I don't care what you say. This is a victory for Southern rap. Everybody knows who NWA is across the entire globe. Everybody doesn't know how hard the South is when it comes to rap. This is going to put the South. I'm, not, I'm looking at this as a, as a Southern victory, not an 8-Ball MJG fan victory. This is a Southern victory because w- the things that people made fun of about the South, 8-Ball and MJG were all of that. However, at the same time, they had some hard-ass music. And when you can be what people are saying that you are and be successful with it, to me, that's, that's a reason to celebrate. So I'm looking forward to the fact that when people make fun of curls and gold teeth or whatever, they were saying, hey, that's who we are. That's, I talk funny, that's how I talk. Like, that's what I do. Whatever you're saying I am, I am that. However, it's... poor and I say mo. You say poor and I say po. It's still hard. It's off of the bun B2 trillion, everything to me. It's, that's why. South. It's a victory for the South. And even though you've been gone from the South for a while, you know it's going to make you happy to see them being celebrated for being Southern rappers that didn't change to fit. Even when Diddy came there and signed in the Bad Boy South, they still did the same thing. They got the, uh, who is it, the Bangladesh beats, but they didn't change Bangladesh. who they were. They didn't change who they were. They still kept the draw the same way. They still look country to the motherfucker. I love it. And I, that's a celebration and a victory for the South. I love it. Unrelated, why does MJG feel the need to tell you who he is on every goddamn track he's on? Because that shit sound hard. <laughs> MJG! I was like, I, I know. This is this I is your entire it. whole ass album. Every I time it. I don't hear eight ball, I'm expecting you. You don't have to tell me every time. Uh, <laughs> but to be clear, I'm gonna watch this. But I also watched I'm about it and I got the hookup. And that's the exact same no limit studios level production I'm expecting from this movie. Because right. that still picture I sent you was supposed to be of eight ball and the Jerry Crow wig looked dry. Yeah, it looked really bad. It looks like it's low quality, bad production. But again, I'm just happy that we're getting something. Tupac's movie was fucking awful. The Tupac bio the the one that came out in the theaters was fucking awful. All Eyes on Me, I think it was called. Awful. But there's been there's been more than that was I don't even know which one is supposed to be. There's been too many. They, they were already, that was, sure. No, the one that was big, that was supposed to be big. It was by the black director, the big black director, Bunny Boom, maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who it was. That shit was fucking awful. It was completely. And it's going to be redone. They don't need to redo that one. They need to just get rid of it. Chalk it up. Tupac is somewhere on an island mad because he can't come back and let y'all know he's still alive because that biopic was fucking awful. It was awful. It was worse than Michelle A. Michelle today is worth than, worse than Michelle then. But my point is, be honest, is, uh, look, I'm going to watch this shit because I already told you, you know, I'm UGK and 8-Ball MJG influenced. But the question, well, people make movies to make money. Right. 
Who the fuck is seeing this eight ball MJG movie wherever the hell it's shown? No, I'm not paying for it. No, it's not gonna happen like that. I mean, if it's on even streaming you, service, one of their biggest fans, are not gonna pay for it. Nah, streaming service only only because I don't think there's enough of a story here. I want to celebrate the fact that the South is is getting a a movie, and you know we're gonna find out about you know what I'm saying Orange Mound or whatever. But it, there's no there's no way I'm paying for this. But I wouldn't pay for NWA either. I didn't pay to see that. Yeah, no. Um, I don't remember how I saw it. But I was expecting them to have actual real production right. on the NWA movie. Right. Like, let's compare it to, like, the New Edition story. Great. And the uh, Bobby Brown story. Haven't seen that I yet. expect this 8-Ball MJG production to be lower quality than that. Yeah. And I guess to me, the question is, if you're not going to do it right, why do it? I, okay, I can, I can give you that. And that still picture I sent you told, leads me to believe that it's not going to look right it's going to look like some you know what's that what's the black channel bt no not that one tv1 yeah it's going to look like a tv1 production is what i think yeah and that's just unfortunate because i literally agree with almost everything you're saying about eight ball mjg and their status and what they represent in the south And, you know, for me, just as much as I would love a UGK movie to look a certain way, I would want the same thing from them, but that's not going to happen. And so, I don't know. Do better. That's all I got to (laughs) say. I don't feel like this shit's going to be fixed in post-production. They should just do better. Yeah, so, well, we'll hope for the best. Like I said, it'll just be about awareness. It may not be about the look. It's just, you know, maybe maybe the next one. What new new fans, new people, what what new eyes are going to want to watch this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just happy this happening. That's all. Other than Maybe Penny Hardaway's mama, really, you got to go to Penny Hardaway's Instagram and look at his Mother's Day post. <laughs> it's, it's I, just, I can't encourage you to do that more. <laughs> you think I'm slandering Penny Hardaway's mama. I'm not. She's from Tennessee. She may be from Orange Mound. She keep gold teeth. Her name may be Pearly. I don't know. <laughs> Penny Hardaway came down to uh, Atlanta when I was in college and uh, dropped a hundred point, a hundred point difference game between our team and their team. So I'm, you know, fuck them. It was one fifty one to fifty or something like that. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But in any event, uh, was she the best eight ball and MJG on this biopic? But looking a little raggedy. Yeah. Say, man. You know, we haven't done in a long time. What's that? Talked about some racist shit outside. Oh, let me segue into that. So last week I talked to you about what's going on in your whole ass state. I talked to you about uh, two candidates running for governor, and it was it's close. And I talked to you about literally hundreds of thousands of people are not being allowed to register to vote, and seventy percent of those wanting to register are are are, are confirmed of color. Do you right. remember that? Yes. What the fuck I did not know is that the dude that's not allowing these damn votes to be to be registered is the dude that's running for governor. Yeah. What in the fuck is that shit? I thought you said that. You didn't say that? No, I didn't say that. Yeah. I just thought he was just going to go party line, keep the party guy in there. Yeah. This is some Africa, third world, uh, military dictator type of bullshit. Yeah, it's some real, real crock of shit. If if she don't win, this this needs to go to the Supreme Court because it's not because they're within a percentage point of each other. Yeah, it's it's a real crock. I thought you I, I could have sworn you said that. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, I thought this was just a dude 
you know, holding the party line, make sure that the that his uh, red candidate nah. yeah, stays red. It's no, a, it's, it's the same damn job. dude running to it's the him. Yeah, it's he's his job. He, he is the dude. Yeah. He's like, okay, I will take these votes and I will go back and count them and then I will return and tell you how I, w- I mean, who won. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. This cannot be like, this has to violate the Georgia Constitution in some way. It, it doesn't, has to. though. It doesn't. That's what's so crazy about our laws. It doesn't violate any laws. So, how is this possible, man? What the know. fuck are you guys doing out there? That's crazy. <laughs> I got this from Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah pointed this out. I didn't know. I just thought I didn't know he was Brian. Brian, Brian Kemp. Kemp. I, yeah, I Brian Kemp. He was the guy running for governor. Yeah, I just thought he was just a soldier in the army of the GOP. No, yeah. man, it's his shit. Yeah, he's counting his own votes. Yeah, let me uh, <laughs> take these uh, to the back, and I'll be right back with you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I need to see, see. This is a situation where. I believe better reflects that votes do matter on some things. Um, This is your local election. These are the people that immediately impact you. And, you know, if you are, if you don't register to vote and if you don't vote and if you try to register late, you know, these are the types of games that are, that are pulled. But it's very important I'm I'm sorry. No, but how how can you say that when when you you just revealed that I thought we'd already revealed that the guy taking the the tallies is part of it. So even if you register to vote in a case like this, what difference does it make? If the nigga counting the ballots is counting ballots for himself, two for me, one for you, three for me, one for you. What what does it matter if you're registered or not? Because people took a you know laissez faire approach to voting. Doesn't matter. And now they finally found a candidate that they think uh, represents their best interests. And those that were not pre-registered, there are hundreds of thousands of pre of, of people registrations being held up. So these are people who haven't voted in a long time. And and had they stayed involved, stayed a part of the conversation, then maybe that dude that's now counting votes would have never been. He maybe wouldn't have been attorney general, which is what I think his other job is in Atlanta. So, so you can't, I guess what I'm saying is no matter how bad it gets, I'm a firm believer that you can't completely ignore the entire conversation. Cause when you do that, then, you know, you get what you get and you get situations like this. Right. And so, uh, I hope that, um, this receives judicial review from an impartial court because this type of shit that's going on in Atlanta Sorry, in Georgia as a state, right, is the type of shit that we accuse dictators of doing in third world countries. I, for one, I mean, I know that you know me and you argue about the 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 silliness that goes on sometimes, but I su- fully support this going all the way up to the top. This is rid- it's, it's a ridiculous, it's, it's a travesty of it's the a system. Sham. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sham. It's ridiculous. It's it's a sham. You know, we they tell us all the time democracy. This is a sham. Atlanta's a weird place because Atlanta has been traditionally been black run. But outside of Atlanta and Georgia, we've had, you know, some pretty weird, pretty weird candidates and, and governors and stuff. So this is gonna be interesting. I hope that the right thing happens, but you know, I'm not I'm not confident that it will, but I hope that it does. 
Right. But this is the, my bigger point is these types of things can happen when you take yourself out of the conversation. When you allow them to count you out for so many years, and then when you try to come back in, you know, they're going to, there's going to be gamesmanship. One day, uh, be honest, and I will talk about gerrymandering, which is when you win a certain area, you get to redraw the voting lines to right. make sure that you continue to win a certain area. Right. That's the real reason why the House and Senate look the way they do. Gerrymandering. Yeah. And the, the dirty game of it is the people that you, that you that can, the only people that can stop the gerrymandering are the people who are gerrymandering. People say term limits. The only people that can decide that there should be term limits people. are the people's terms <laughs> that should be limited. <laughs> right. People rarely, ab, ab, people rarely give up power. Yeah. Matter of fact, the only prominent, in my opinion, in American history, the only prominent time someone gave up power was when George Washington decided not to be King Washington. Yeah. Still don't know why he didn't do that, but he decided not to. Yeah. Very easily could have. I probably would have yeah. because, you know, um, Cause I'm bougie. Because you're a dickhead. So, look, um, we have um, a couple of articles here. This one is a, says a 61-year-old black man handcuffed while trying to move a TV into his new house. Uh, what is the name of this? Tonga Noxie? doesn't sound good, to be honest. Tonga Noxie, Kansas. Never heard of that place. Carl Ro- also doesn't sound good. <laughs> Carl with a K. Robinson, a 61-year-old African-American man from Kansas, was recently handcuffed by a police officer when he was moving into his own home. Suspecting him as a burglar in his own house, believing that the officer's actions were racially charged, Robinson filed a complaint against the police department. Robinson, a retired military veteran, was reportedly moving furniture into his new home for over 12 hours in Tonganoxie, Kansas, when police pulled up in front of his house at 2.30 a.m. At that time, he was trying to carry a large television. I could use a hand with this, he even told the officer who approached him. With the two, when he turned on his flesh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. I can use a hand with this. He even told the officer who approached him with a turned on flashlight pointing it at him, the Kansas City Star reports. Little did he know that he would then be spending the next eight minutes handcuffed because the officer was suspicious and thought he was a burglar. Robinson was basically treated like a real burglar suspect, and the officer waited for backup to check his story. Robinson initially tried to explain to the officer that he's a new homeowner who was moving in. He added that his identification and paperwork to prove it if they could only go inside the house to get it. However, the officer demanded him to put his hands on the side of the house, then at the top of his head before being handcuffed, as the video from the body camera shows if i'd been a white man you know that I, that wouldn't happen robinson told the star i'm being handcuffed right here on my own damn property meanwhile tonganoxie police chief police chief greg lawson claimed the officer did nothing wrong because he had a reason to suspect for a crime and he was actually being courteous and respectful he added that the use of handcuffs is for the safety of both the officer and robinson until he could confirm that robinson is telling the truth while keeping the situation calm if i were on that call by myself no matter the race of the person they would have been handcuffed lawson said the officer indeed was being courteous even when robinson calmly asked him is this all necessary the officer explained in a friendly tone that robinson was out there at three in the morning and that there have been several reports of break-ins in the area lately that's a lie robinson told uh, basing from one of his neighbors, uh, basing, excuse me, basing from what his neighbors said when he asked them if there have been any break-in that encountered and they said they weren't. 
Robinson believes that because he is black, you're guilty until proven innocent. They're te- they're thinking I'm stealing. He added, "I've been hearing this for 40 years. Getting pulled over, being uh, searched. I'm not going to let this go." At the moment, as the body cam footage continued, two other officers arrived and talked to him in friendly tones while he was still handcuffed. Eventually, they saw evidence that he was really moving into the documentation to prove it. Uh, That's only when they let Robinson out of the handcuffs and apologized. Robinson didn't argue with them at the time. However, a few days after the encounter, Robinson filed a complaint against the department and met with the chief who explained to him what happened. Still, Robinson didn't buy it. He believes that if they had been white... Uh, if he had been white, he would have gotten the identification inside his house without getting handcuffed. Anyone who thinks we're in a post-racial world should refer to that, he said, referring to the body cam footage showing his encounter with police. The only good thing that probably happened is that the officers helped him carry his TV inside inside his house at the end. So now I ask you, King Kunta, in Tonganoxi, Kansas, was this racism? Yes, but the officers don't know it was. Explain what you mean. This is systemic racism. Um, this is this is a predisposition to a criminal element. Now the problem here is that it was three a.m. Um, if it had just been the one police officer, I would have said this is just a clearly an idiot, the police officer, and he would probably be told, you know. But the fact that others came over. No one, no one expressed common sense to try to figure out what was going on. Did anyone knock on the door? None of that. Um, I believe they don't believe they did anything wrong, and that's a shame. Um, I don't believe this is actually going to be successful as a lawsuit because I don't believe that they intended to be ra- intended to be racist, but they're just to me. I, I sense just a preconditioning. Um, to to think that you know it's more likely than not this person isn't doing what they say they're doing, and let me err on the side of caution by doing X, Y, and Z. So you think the handcuff part of it is racist, or the coming there at all period was racist? Which part? Handcuff part. Okay, okay. There was no reason for him to be in handcuffs for eight minutes. Um, you know, he could, there are other ways to keep someone on site without handcuffing them, right? And I'm sure they have policy and they have procedures that would allow for this type of thing to happen, but they're also within judgment. So um, they don't believe they did anything wrong and they don't believe that they were profiling this guy. But, you know, I believe that this is just systemic prejudice that's just embedded. I mean, we all have them. Right. So you you don't think this would have happened to a white guy too? This could have happened to a white guy also? If it were a white guy, I think it would more would have depended on how he presented himself and if he looked like he was. Because I don't know what, I don't know how this. Um, I don't have a picture, so I can't tell you what the guy looked like. Right. But I, I actually don't believe they would have handcuffed the white guy. Right. I just, I don't believe that would have happened, even though they could. I don't believe they would have. Here's my problem. First of all, yes, he should. I don't think he should have been out there at three a.m. That's really dumb to be moving at three a.m. But what we're talking about here is a 61-year-old guy by himself with a big-ass truck in front of a house. That just Most crooks don't move that way. That just doesn't seem like a crook thing to do. First of all, being 61, by yourself moving. First, that's the first thing that doesn't seem like it's a crook. Second is, you have a big-ass truck in the middle of the night when everybody could easily notice. Like, in the daytime, it could be, you know, well, there's a lot of movement in the neighborhood, so maybe no one would notice. But you have to know 
that everyone knew he was moving at 3 a.m. So the fact that he'd be so obvious about having a truck out in front of the house and him being 61 and him being by himself, is, that's a ridiculous, this was a ridiculous arrest. No, not even arrest, but this was a ridiculous stop. He was detained. Yeah, they should have stopped and, and you know, asked a no question. There's no reason to have handcuffed him. Even though I know that per policy, they probably have that. Right. Right, it's, it's within their yeah. decision. It's within their their rights, but I think it was really right. dumb. They shouldn't have done that. They should have walked the dude in the house, checked the, checked his paperwork with him, and or just knock on the door. Right, well, knock on the door. Well, there's no knock. There's, he was the he's the guy, so there's no door. You knock on the door for nothing. Nobody's in there. Okay, so no one's in there. Do you have a key? Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, so I would say that I can't prove that it's racism, but it but it's pretty fucking stupid, and and and. I would I would lean toward the racism side myself on this one. Yeah, I again what I said, it's racist, but they don't know that it was, which is sad. Right. Okay, so we kind of agree on that one. Moving along, uh, we have woman calls 911 on a black man who was babysitting two white kids. Oh, I know this shit. Yeah, it's fucking racist. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> So do I even need to read it or do you already know no, what it is? No, you don't need to read it. It's fucking bullshit. Right. Name one black man you've seen willingly babysitting any goddamn body. What the fuck did she think was going on? <laughs> fuck that bitch. Well, I, there, there needs to be like a groundswell for there to be some local change in, in, in local ordinances that if you call the police for something that's lawful, and you did it maliciously, right. there ought to be some, some other charge against the person that calls. Right. This is more white people calling calling the phone, calling the police on black people who are just living. Yeah. Just yeah. living. She followed the dude all the way home from Walmart. What the fuck, man? She followed the guy home from Walmart. Then the police showed up to his house. So it's like the officer's like, "Hey, um the car the at least the cop was was a little bit he didn't pounce on him. He asked him what's up, and, you know, he, he got to tell him, hey, I'm being followed and harassed. That's what's up. So then, you know, it got kind of shaky. But the fact that, that she called the police and followed this dude home because he had two white kids, that's, that's really Emmett Till ridiculous. Like, it's, it's, almost, it's almost ruins my mustard pack packets. Almost. So you're okay. So we didn't talk about it, but what about the lady in the fucking bodega or whatever that said the guy, the little boy, sexually harassed her, and then like went all like went nuclear on the on the scene on her cell Here's phone. I I didn't get through that story because I couldn't. Yeah, I had enough. I had enough. But look though, that is absolutely Emmett Till. That's the same fucking thing, man. That is Emmett Till. Twenty eighteen. Yes. Had that not had there no had there been no video of what actually happened. That's Emmett Till. I don't know that yes, he would have gotten the same exactly treatment. That's exactly right. I don't know that By he would have gotten the, the same By the way, the bitch is still alive, and the bitch said, oh, yeah. Um, she admitted it. I made it up. Yeah, she admitted it. But Bill Cosby's in jail. She's not. Yeah. She should go to jail, too, if you ask me. Getting slapped upside the head with, with pastries. Yeah. But look, though, if, if there were no video to prove this lady didn't get sexually harassed, that little boy would be in trouble, probably. Or it just turns into a story. That's, it that's, just turns into a story amongst his family and friends that no one knows about. She should not get to walk around with no penalty. That is not, to me, I feel like she needs to get something fine. Some, something should happen because that little boy's life, had this been a different decade, that little boy could have been killed. Yeah, very easily. Very easily. Did you, do you have the story about the, uh, 
the white woman in the uh, condos. Is that your next story? Uh, no, I don't have any more stories. You sure about the white woman in the condos? I want to say, I want to say Tennessee, but I feel that is wrong. Well, hey, when you talk about eight ball and MJG, what else can you talk about? Oh, so there's some there's Tennessee condos, and this black guy is just trying to get to his condo, and this white woman blocks his path, refuses to let him pass with her body while she's calling 911. Turns out he does live there, as he told her, and he was just trying to get to his condo. Right. So he didn't look like he could afford to be where he was. Thankfully, she was fired from the from her job. Right. And they found out about this. Might have been in real estate, not sure. But uh I'm just I'm just sick of this. I'm just sick of this uh there needs to be a penalty for calling the cops on people engaged in lawful activity when there's no yeah. You know, when when common sense common sense clearly indicates this is lawful activity. There should be something because uh, that little I mean, and the little boy that she talked about in the other story says I don't forgive her. Hey, why Nine he, years old. Fuck I don't her. forgive her. Fuck that bitch. He says she was some something's wrong with her. She's crazy. Nine years old. Yeah. And he will never. Yeah, he's for his life is forever changed. He's never gonna. Remember, he's never gonna forget this. Yep, me too. Fucking me too. Anyway, that's all I got for today, man. That that, that kind of pissed much, me off. Man. Yeah, my, yeah, my my uh, my legs are numb now. So. <laughs> bad. Listeners, we appreciate you guys tuning in to Black on Both Sides once again. Uh, can, I don't know if he'll be around next week. Hopefully, he'll still be. Able to do the podcast now. I don't know though. Did, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get some. I'm gonna get mustard. I'm gonna eat some mustard. What I'm gonna do? That's disgusting. I see. I would mess up because I don't eat pickles or mustard. So I would be dead out there. Jonas, when you got them cramps, no sir, no sir. Not only will you eat pickles and mustard, you probably gonna call on Jesus. I'm just gonna tell you. Nah, that <laughs> Sometimes it does get that bad. Did Jesus help you through the Spartan race? You think? Even though Spartans, Probably not. Even though Spartans because, weren't Christians? Well, I'm here. He's there. It's a whole to-do. I don't really know, you know, which one I was had in mind at that time. You know, the white one, probably not so much. He sent the mustard. I mean, it's like, hey, dude, sent you some mustard. What else you want from me? <laughs> right. No, that's, that's Jesus. But Spartans weren't Christians, so that's pretty weird. But, you know, hey. Yeah, you know, well, uh, they were eventually. So they say. They say a lot of things. But in any event, uh, yeah, so to conclude, Spartan Beast, if you're going to run that race for whatever reason, you should probably train for it. That's all I got. Thank you for listening to Black on Both Sides, where nothing is black and white. Till next week.